Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. you probably know this since you attend the river. It's very sad because throughout the world, if you ask Christians, what is the gospel? If you ask them that question, a lot of people do not know. Even church-going Christians do not know what is the gospel. And I've seen people ask that question and folks would say, well, God is love. That's the gospel or this or that. Folks, the gospel, gospel means good news. The word gospel means good news. Somebody shout good news. If you go to a church that only preaches bad news, you need to get into a gospel church because the gospel is good news to tell you what Jesus did about the bad news. Amen. There is some bad news, but the gospel has taken place. Good news. And the good news is that Jesus left heaven and came to earth for us. And the good news is that once he got here, he went and died on a cross for us. And the good news is that after he died, he came back to life again for us. The gospel is that Jesus came, Jesus died, and Jesus lives again. That is the gospel. The finished work of Christ on the cross. There is no other message besides the finished work of Christ on the cross. I want to read you something. John 1, 1 through 5. Keep in mind that Jesus is alive. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, now this is way back. This is way, way back. This is really pre-creation. In the beginning was the Word. It's a capital W. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, this entire chapter, this entire book of John is about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And the Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. And the Word of God is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Jesus. And the Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Jesus made everything. By Jesus' authority was everything made, and then the Holy Spirit carried out the application of that. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The only thing that lights the cold, dark heart of humanity is the life of Jesus Nothing else can turn the light on. We are born into darkness. The Bible says that before we came to Christ, we were dead in our trespasses. 
The human condition, the human problem is that we are dead, but Jesus, the answer, is life. We are in darkness, but he is the light. We are sinners until we come to his righteousness. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness comprehended it not. This is why the world that we live in, they don't care if you talk about God. They don't care if you talk about Buddha. They don't care if you talk about Muhammad. They don't care if you talk about any of these things. But when you say the name of Jesus Christ, they start to get uncomfortable. They want everybody to be okay with everything as long as Jesus is not in the mix. The light shined in the darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. Listen, Jesus is shining all over the place. And he's shining through you wherever you go. And hopefully when you open your mouth, Jesus is coming out. The words that you speak. Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus. Hopefully when you open your mouth, Jesus is coming out. The light is shining all over the place. But the people who are still bound in darkness, they don't want anything to do with it. It's a threat to their way of living. The Bible says that they rejected the light because they loved darkness more than light. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. Now, in this particular scripture, when it says Jesus is the word, if you'll do a simple word study and you'll look at the Greek, the word word is logos. It's the word logos. It's the same word that we use for logo, a logo. If you have a, a, a company, if you have a business, then on your sign, you put your logo and you try to create a logo that in a simple picture, it represents what your whole company is about. And you know, people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars having their logo designed. Major corporations will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for somebody to draw the logo that they will use for their company. And they research colors and how people respond to different colors. The emotion that different color, you know, red makes you feel this way. And this shade of blue makes you feel this way. Green makes you feel this way. And so now we are so conditioned that if we see a logo of a company that we don't know anything about, the logo is so scientifically perfected it brings up within us the message of that company without studying the company. You know, when, when you see these uh, anything that's green, we think about uh, renewable resources. We think about natural things, and we think about life and all this sort of stuff. Green and blue, we think about plants, and we think about water and how it's refreshing. And so this is the same word, logo. It's It's logo. It is something, a logo is on your sign or on your business card. A logo is a small thing that you can look at that wraps up the whole of what something is about. Does that make sense? It encapsulates it in one place. You can look at this one thing. 
And wrapped up in this one thing is all of that information about what the big thing that it's representing is all about. And here the Bible says that in the beginning was the logo. And the logo was with God. And the logo was God. You see, if you want to know what God is really like, you don't look any further than Jesus Christ himself. Because wrapped up, tangled up, tied up in Jesus is all that exists in God and all that he's about. When you look at Jesus, you see who God is and how God is and what he's about. Jesus is his own business card. He is the logo. He is the word, and the word is him. Jesus is the word. If you want to know Jesus... This is how you get to know him, through his word. The way that you get to know God, the Bible says, is through the word. There is no other way to know God than through his logo. There is no other way to know God than through his word, and that through relationship with Jesus Christ. Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. You have to do more than eat physical food. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, you have to eat the word of God. You have to take the word of God into yourself. And we do that by reading the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, tell me God didn't speak this to me, and then her get up here. This is too much for one morning. You have to take the Word of God into yourself. You think on it. You chew on it. You savor it. You taste it. And you let it bring nutrition to your life into your soul and to your mind. You read the written Word. The word is alive. You know, in, in eating healthy, you know, they tell you try not to use a microwave any more than you have to. You lose a lot of the nutrition when it goes to the microwave because the healthiest foods are alive. Eat this kind of bread because it has live sprouted grains. Eat this yogurt because of the probiotics, the living cultures, and the living enzymes that are in it. Eat as many raw fruits and vegetables as you can because they're still growing. They are still alive. The life is in them. You have to eat living stuff. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you eat the word of God, it is alive. The word is alive. Your Bible is alive. Your Bible is the logo printed down in ink. We have the words of God. The creator of the universe, we have his words 
printed in a book that we don't even pick up. And here this mighty creator has gotten it all down, written through men of old, and we can pick it up and begin to read, and we start to eat that nutrition, that health, the vitamins and the minerals that are inside of the word of God, and they go down inside of us, and they take root, and they begin to renew us and transform our mind. Not only does the Bible say he is the word, but the Bible says that he is the seed. He is the firstborn among many brethren when we eat the word the seed somebody say seed the seed of the word of God goes down into our sanctified soul and takes root and we water it with the word which is living water in the presence of the Holy Spirit and it begins to grow into branch and to produce fruit in our, the word of God is alive We read the written word, but then in Romans, the Apostle Paul, inspired of the Holy Spirit, says this, Romans 10 and 17. So then faith come, and Rose used this, so then by, so then faith cometh by hearing. How do we receive faith? By hearing. You will put faith in whatever you're hearing. If you are listening to the wrong stuff, you will begin to believe it. If you're listening to the wrong stuff, you will tend toward it. You will start leaning on it. You will start trusting in it. Your faith will begin to shift. Faith means weight applied. Faith means trust. Faith means to depend on. Faith, people, people are so dumbfounded by the word faith. It just means to rely on. You're putting faith in your chair right now. My sister just did a TikTok the other day about what faith is. You are placing faith in your chair right now. You're putting weight on it. I'm putting faith on this stage right now. I didn't check the different spots before I walk on them. I've got so much faith in this stage that I didn't even think about. I wasn't thinking about that I was walking around. I'm just up here preaching, and I don't even give it another thought that wherever I step, it's going to hold me. I'm placing my weight. I'm placing my faith, and God is like that. I don't have to concern myself about where the road is taking me. I don't have to worry about all the details. I just keep walking with Jesus, and every time I put down the sole of my foot, the Word of God upholds me by His power. That is faith. That is faith, and that faith, if you want more of it, hear more of him. Do you want more faith than you have? Then hear more of Jesus. If you don't have enough faith, you're not hearing enough Jesus. Now, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But then Paul says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, when Jesus said every word, It implied the written word. It implied the written word, reading the Bible for ourselves. But according to the Bible, it is not enough just to read the word. Because if you'll go back and read Romans chapter 10, they are clearly talking about the preached word. The preached word. 
He says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And literally it says the Christos, the words of Christ being preached or the message of the finished work. You know, everything in the Bible is the word of God, but there were a lot of words in the Old, and we love the Old Testament, and we still glean from the Old Testament, and you can't have a New Testament without an Old Testament, but there are words from God in the Old Testament that were not the words of Christos, because when Jesus died on the cross, something happened and something changed, and the word of God in the law was fulfilled in the Christos, Jesus Christ, and now it is the word of the finished work. It is the message of the cross. It is the new covenant ratified in the blood of Jesus that breathes life into your situation. So we need to read the written word, but we must hear the preached word. You see, there's something amazing that happens because the word of God is referred to sometimes as the logos word of God, but other places, the word of God is referred to as the rhema, the rhema word of God. Have you ever read a verse that you already know, that you've read a hundred times, but this time you read it, and it leaps up off of the page and takes form and takes life. Has anybody seen the Goosebumps movies with Jack Black? I cannot help but see the gospel everywhere. I'm sorry. I just, it, it doesn't matter what I'm watching. It doesn't matter what I just see. Oh, it's Jesus. I just I, I see Jesus everywhere. You either, you either see him everywhere or you see him nowhere, and I see him everywhere. In that movie, Goosebumps, which is based on the little kids' little ghost story books, in that movie, Goosebumps, the books are sitting sealed on the shelf and not doing anything. But then one day, somebody breaks the seal. They take the book off the shelf, and they break the seal, and they open it. And we find out that there was power shut up in the book. But, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I, feel, I feel goosebumps. The power that was locked up inside of the book did nothing until it was opened. But the moment it was opened, they said, oh, no. Because light began to radiate out of the book. All the power that had been sitting there locked up doing nothing, and all of a sudden the words begin to come up off the page, and they're not just ink anymore, and they begin to take off take on form that could threaten the world around it. Can I tell you today that there is power locked up in the book that is sitting on your shelf. In the moment you open it, the light begins to come out and the ink begins to come off of the page and starts to take form that could threaten the world around you. The word is alive. We need the written word, 
and we need the preached word. You see, the logos word is different than the rhema word. You've read something a hundred times, and it's always logos. It is the written, recorded word of God. But what happens is that while God has already said it, on a particular day, he says it to you. That is a rhema word. That is a rhema word. You know, I could stand up here on any Sunday, and I could preach anything from the Bible, and it would always be correct. Anything from the Bible is correct. We could leave and say, he preached the word of God. But I've been in a lot of places, they preach things which are God's word, but nothing's happening. And no lives are being changed. You see, I thank God for the Logos work, the, the Logos word that we have. But I'm interested in more than the Logos word. And this is why I bury my face in the carpet and plead with God that he would move all distractions and move all busyness, that I would hear what he is saying today. I need the word that God is saying to me right now. So this morning, I open my eyes, and he says to me, the word is alive, and he begins to give me this message. And a couple hours later, my wife stands up here and says, the word is alive. You are hearing God speak to you. We didn't plan this. You don't know that. You might think this is a that this is some kind of a sideshow, but she knows it and I know it. Nobody's more freaked out in the room right now than she is and than I am. This happens over and over and over again. This River Worship Center is crazy. For a lot of reasons. Over and over and over again, God shows up and confirms his word in radical ways because, did you talk to them? Did you talk to them? No, I didn't talk to them. How did he know that? How did he say that right now? God's reading my mail. What in the world's going on? God loves you so much. He is talking to you about your life. He's talking to you today. And when you hear him Faith, faith comes by that hearing. When you hear God's word, faith begins to come to life. So then faith comes by hearing, and the hearing comes by the word of God. We did this little bag a minute ago, and we found out that Jesus is alive we rolled the stone away, and the empty grave clothes dropped to the ground with nothing to hold them up because Jesus is alive. And then we find out Jesus is the Word. Jesus is alive, and Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus, and the Word is alive. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is quick. Look it up in the Greek. Life. The word quick means life. It would have been a lot easier if they just would have put the right word. For the word of God is life, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Crash course, what's your soul? Mind, will, emotions. What's your spirit? It's who you actually are. It's the life force. Your soul and your spirit are not the same, are not the same thing. 
We have to know this. We have to get this. Soul and spirit, that's not two words for the same thing. Your spirit is who you are. Your soul is something you have. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You're in a body. You're a three-part being, a triune being. God created man in his own image. Triune, three-part, spirit, soul, and body. We have, uh, we have God, the Father. That would be the picture of spirit. We have soul, which is the thoughts in the leading. That would be a picture of the Holy Spirit. And then the physical body, and Jesus Christ came and got in a physical body. And that would be a so our physical body would be a picture of that part of the, of the Trinity, God the Son, Jesus Christ. So we are a spirit, we have a soul, we're in a body. The Word of God is life, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. First of all, the Word of God is alive. It's living. When you open your Bible and, and read, it's living. It is alive. It's not just what he said, it's what he's saying. And it will transform you, and nothing else can transform you like that. Nothing else can transform you like the Word of God. Nothing else. Second thing it says, not only is it, al well, it's, it's alive and it's life-giving. Anything that's alive gives life. But the second thing that it says is it's powerful. I think sometimes we get so used to words, we forget their meaning, and we have to change the word to remember what the word meant. Say powerful. I say powerful, you think of something big and strong, powerful. But what if I say it this way? Filled with power. Filled with power. That's what powerful is. The Word of God is alive, and the Word of God is absolutely filled up with power. Power for every situation. The Word of God is filled with power for your marriage. It is filled with power for raising your children. It is filled with power for your personal ministry. It is filled with power for you to make it through the grocery store full of people without breaking down. It is filled with power, enough power that you can be nice to people on the phone from the credit card company. It is filled with, the Word of God is filled with power, and the Word of God is filled with power that can burn cancer out, and the Word of God is filled with power that can raise the dead back to life, and the Word of God is filled with power that can open blinded eyes and deaf ears, and the Word of God is filled with so much power it can take away your jealousy. The Word of God is filled with power to break the, the power of lust and covetousness. The Word of God is still filled with enough power to destroy homosexuality and pride and selfishness and self-righteousness and you, you, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever you are lacking, the Word of God is filled with enough power to transform you and make you whole and make you whole. It's power-filled. It's alive and life-giving. It's filled with power. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. What's that mean? It's sharper than a two-edged sword. A two-edged sword is not sharper than a one-edged sword. This sword, though, cuts two ways. It, cuts it has two functions. It does two things. It will cut you down, and it will build you up. It will do both. But specifically, how? How is this? Well, it goes on to say the dividing of soul and spirit. 
I don't think we know how awesome this is. I wish that the people that made The Lord of the Rings would get a hold of this and do a movie depicting like that the, the, the problem at the beginning of the movie is that, you know, somewhere in Isengar or somewhere, you know, that there's a soul that's been intermingled with a spirit. Nothing can get them apart. And all the great leaders of the trolls and the elves and the dwarfs and everybody has tried. And the strongest people have gone and tried to pull apart soul and spirit and they couldn't do it. And the wizards came and tried to magic the soul and spirit apart, but it couldn't be done. And on and on and on. And so they go through all this in the movie and I'll write this movie. They, they, they go through this whole movie, and it, and it just can't be done. They try everything in the world that can't be done. But then somebody finds a sword. This is not just any sword. This is the sword of uh, Azer Konegdo. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This is the sword of the spirit. And somebody says, have we tried the sword of the Spirit? The sword of the Spirit. No, we never took the sword of the Spirit to try to divide soul from spirit. Nothing's been able to pull the soul and the Spirit away. They're too intertwined. What is the power of this sword of the Spirit? Well, it's inscribed with the words of the Ancient of Days. It's literally the logos of the son, of the, of the one that's the creator and the one who is to come and die. And they get the sword and they go and and that sword of the spirit cuts soul and spirit in two. And now we can say, ah, now we see which part was soul and which part was spirit. And the victory's won and then the epic mu music starts. And listen. Your soul and your spirit are so intertwined. It is so incredibly difficult for a human being to know the difference in the thoughts of the spirit and the thoughts of their own soul. And this is where we get in trouble. There are people that they got ideas popping in their head, and they're so sure it's right. And they convince themselves that that's what God wants because the feeling is so strong. Have you ever gotten in a situation in your life and the feeling was so strong that you weren't able to resist the action that went with the feeling? And it was only after you committed the action and the consequences came that you found out, although the feeling was strong, it was wrong. Don't you wish you would have had one of these swords? Don't you wish you had a sword that when you are overwhelmed with thoughts that you cannot resist and you're trying to figure out the right way, but it sure seems like this would feel good at the moment, don't you wish you had a sword that you could cut it in half and say, I knew you were lying. Thoughts, I knew you were lying. Feelings, I knew you were lying. Emotions, I knew you were lying. Cravings, I knew you were lying. Flesh, I knew you were lying. Self, I knew you were lying. 
I knew that I was lying to myself. And it took that sword of the Spirit to separate and to divide asunder between soul and spirit. The Word of God is life. It is power-filled, and it's the only thing sharp enough to divide between soul and spirit. It is able to cut between what we think and what God thinks. Is this helping anybody? In our life, we have the opportunity in every situation to choose our own way or to choose Jesus. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference unless we read and hear the preached word week after week after week. Because listen, the world is going to program you all week long for free. You have to make a conscious decision to come to church and get reprogrammed, to open your Bible and get reprogrammed. So in our life, we have that opportunity. When we choose our own way, we end up losing. Am I telling the truth? We can be so sure that this is going to end up like we want it to. But every time we choose our own way, we end up losing. Our way might seem right, but we're making our decisions blind. We are blindly making our decisions if we don't filter them through the Word of God. We are making decisions without being able to see everything. Let's try something. Let's try something. I, you know, the kids always help. I want to get a grown-up to help. Do we? Have, Summer, she volunteered. Come on. Give Summer a hand. When I started doing all this stuff uh, about 30 years ago, I had to be careful about playing cards. Do you remember when church folk, you weren't supposed to have anything to do with playing cards? Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah, for real. Uh, there was a family that used to attend here years ago, and then they left and went to a different church, and uh, somebody was talking to them one day, and they said, they were telling them something. They said, yeah, they said, uh, we had a game night on Friday, they said, but we had to call our pastor and ask him uh, if it was okay to play this game and not that game and this and that. I thought, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. If, if you need to call and ask some man, which you ought to know which game is right and wrong. Anyway, all right, uh, I've got 10 cards here. You hold those five. Keep them face down, okay? I have five, too. One, two, three, four, five. Now, I don't want to look at them because right now I, I don't remember the order, and that's true. Uh, so I don't know the order of yours, and I don't know the order of mine. This is a do-as-I-do trick. So put your cards behind your back, Okay? Now, you can mix them up a little bit, or you can mix them up a lot. And since we don't know, it doesn't really matter, okay? All right. Now, while they're mixed up, 
I want you to take one card out and keep it face down and trade me. Okay. Put it behind your back. Turn it face up. Yep. And put it back in the pack. That way it's the, a different direction from all the rest, which is harder than you might think. <laughs> okay. I hope I... All right. You got it? Yep. All right. Now bring them, now bring them out just like this. You got it. Summer, what in the world did you do? Here, keep it, keep it, keep it like that. Keep it, keep it like that. I think it goes. I think it goes this way, just by looking. Turn it this way. Yeah, just. <laughs> you are the worst volunteer I've ever chosen. <laughs> if I fan my pack of cards, I'm going to see which one Summer picked. All right, I already see the one that I picked. So when I spread them apart, I see, oh, Summer chose Jesus. Yeah. And since you put yours on the top instead of the middle, pull, Summer also, or I picked Jesus. We both, we both picked Jesus, which would not be a real big deal except all the rest of them are blank. Would you show those to everybody? Yeah, you did a great job. Give Summer a hand. She did a wonderful job. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes when we start making blind decisions. But you know, when we put faith in him and pick him, he shows up. We had all kinds of choices, but any other choice would have left us with nothing. Would have left us with nothing. Any choice could have seemed like the right choice. One choice didn't seem much different than another choice. But folks, at the end of the day, there are a million things waiting to take you out. There's only one right way. When we think about death, we think death is when our body gets to the last part and stops breathing. We think that life is while we're walking around here and death is at the end. Can I tell you that life and death are states of being? There are people walking around that are dead. And there are people whose bodies have been shut down that are still alive. In every situation in your life, you get a choice to choose death or to choose life. But when you read God's word and when you hear God's word preached, the word is alive. If your life is full of death and emptiness, start reading the Christos. Start reading the logos of God. Start hearing Jesus because he's alive and God's word raises dead things back to life again. If you have sickness in your body, sickness is death and the word of God can drive it out. The word of God can drive out poverty. 
The word of God can drive out doubt. The word of God can drive out uh, wrong mindsets and, and worry and fear because the word of God, it's alive. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.